When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Beard, right corner against Teague. A step back three is up, and it's good. James one-on-one, long-range three-pointer. Got it. Beard to the lane with a left hand, back heel, and it through. James is straight away, on away three-pointer. Another one. The Beard, unbelievable. Ten field goals, four threes, and he's got 31. <laughs> Uh, that was last night at Target Center. A hell of a first half, Mike. I don't know if you were in town to watch it, but it's 50-49. to 49. And then uh, Houston goes 50 points in the third quarter, second highest total in a playoff in NBA history. But I was going to ask you about the immense popularity of the NBA and I guess the fact that you can identify a guy as the beard might have something to do with it when you're doing play-by-play, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would think that star power star power works. It's certainly not the choice of music. You can't hear yourself. <laughs> no. You can't hear yourself think, and they always are telling you what's happening. Yes. You know, you, you like you can't figure it out yourself. But I really think that that Adam Silver, the new commissioner or relatively new commissioner, has had a lot to do with that league. They I think even behind, going higher than it was with Stern. I think behind the scenes, he's turned it from, uh, you know, being um, no man's land, if you will. It was only Stern's way, and I think that Silver has a small committee, but he's definitely a fan's owner. He loves the game. Um, he loves the players. The players respect respect them and the owners don't fool with them it's not like major league baseball where we have a committee meeting and then we take another two years i I think silver moves quickly and and definitively it is in it is evidence of uh the, the the star power of uh you know kardashians aren't dating baseball players they're dating basketball players they want to date stars right well, you know, in fact, Harden was with Chloe for a little while and got out of that mess. But, uh, uh, but that's uh, that's part of the deal there. Wasn't Humphreys involved with? A- yeah, well, he was. Uh, he was uh, the with the uh, the. What's the other one? The, the he one was with Kim. Kim, the most he famous. Married of Kim. Them. They were married, married for like Kim, that two months guy. or whatever. Two, no, guy. no, no. It wasn't two months. Uh, yeah, it might not even been that long. It might have been like a well, month. Well, she. Uh, yeah. That, that now that one was great because she supposedly her agents contacted the Knicks and said, "Is there anybody there who wants to date Kim?" 
<laughs> and none of the Knicks, Knicks, Nets. Yeah, Knicks I think, I think it was with the Nets, yeah. So then they had to go to the Nets. <laughs> they had to go to the Nets, and, and Chris said, I'll try it. He, of course, lived to regret that. That but, was a great moment for us in, in Saintsville, because that's the only time we've had two pigs actually <laughs> represent. We had Steve Hamfries and Kim Lardassian. <laughs> you had two pigs that year, huh? We then well, divorced them on the mound. <laughs> it's uh, it is uh, it is an astounding thing. I I looked it up. The when the Minneapolis Lakers left here, it was an eight team league. It was an eight team league playing in these little tiny. And now now they got thirty. Hockey was a six team league. They got thirty one. The enormity of sports is amazing in this country isn't it yeah and i think the you know i think as as we grow um in terms of right now for example it's very much a hockey time it's a football time because it reflects our sociological bent we're it's an angry nation right now so gridiron works well <laughs> for us you know divorce works well reality and and baseball kind of has this pastoral setting which right now seems out of sync mm-hmm. um with our society but i i saw nike nike built a two and a half minute vignette but beautifully shot with LeBron in all black and white returning to Cleveland mm-hmm. and what it meant. It's one of the most powerful pieces of filmmaking I've ever seen. It brought the city together around one man. I mean, it was remarkable. And they uh, they did a little of that this year, opening night. Uh, I'm watching the NBA game on opening night, and I can't remember what it was, but they had a, all of a sudden they take the break with five minutes to go in the first quarter, and they got a three-minute movie. That they show about ooh, Kevin Durant. I don't know who it was. It was a, it was, it was but it was, there was a three minute movie in the uh, in the middle of it, and it's uh, it, it it's amazing. And I, I mentioned to you though, when beforehand, what's amazing? NBA huge, pro minor league pro basketball doesn't work hardly any place. You know, people don't care about it. They'll go to hockey games, but and you said Charleston, uh, where you uh you know, where you live, they tried pro basketball and had it the G League had it for about twenty minutes, huh? Yeah, they had the they had the Swamp Foxes and we actually went to New York and met with Stern. Okay. And, were you in on it or just no, part of a community guy? It was a it was a community thing and we were talking to him um he had called and Silver called about what they could do to draw some people. And so we went to New York, and the meeting was a disaster. I suggested that they hire minor league baseball general managers. Yes. And was told that we just put the NBA logo on this and we'll draw. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you'll enjoy those hundred people. Well, you yeah. think they're going to all have the NBA tattooed on their rear ends or something? This is how the NBA does it. And they designed six logos in New York and sent them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, how many years ago was that? I don't know, 10 years ago. Oh, that far back. Yeah. Okay, okay and, when and, the D-League was just kind of getting started? Yeah. Except, okay. And they were out of business in three years. Stern lost $15 million, and the owner said, mm, we want to stop the bleeding. Yeah, well, now I think they've uh, pretty much taken pro basketball now and said, listen, all of you get a minor league team, and, and you know, it's going to come out of our kitty because we're making so damn much money now. We're, it's going to be our minor league. But the idea, hockey draws... You know, hockey, you can get people to come and watch them hit each other with sticks and stuff, but you can't, you, minor league basketball doesn't work. Yeah, it's been really, it's, it's been really a tough, a tough sell. And, and mostly you have to go, um, because you've got to merchandise around the game. You've got a half 
you know, in a, in a halftime show, whatever that particularly means in your market. But you don't have all the time during it. And so I think they haven't found the way well, to and, really and, market and it, it. And it has no star power. Now, what might happen is these, when the NCAA comes out with Condoleezza and her committee come out, they might go to the two and done instead of the one and done, you know, for the uh, college guys. And the option is would be to for these 18-year-old kids to go to that league instead of going to college. And then maybe you could get somebody to go to minor league guy, a basketball, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. But the NBA man is, it's a the number two, they're the number two league right now behind the NFL. It really is. It's a machine. And of course the <laughs> NCAA, the great thing about that is it's not a business, you know, it's, no, no, it's, it's not altruistic and all for education. I was just reading a piece. I was just reading a piece now about how they basically have helped the shoe companies cover up how much they're paying Basketball coaches and other coaches for the shoot, you know, the NCAA is in on the hoax of not letting us know how much John Calipari is getting for shoes. Or that, that's just hard to imagine, those paragons of virtue. <laughs> I, I really don't. At least we admit what we are. We're a for-profit. <laughs> We're going to be back and uh, talk a little ball. Hey, the uh, Jason Cl Stark was on with uh, Judd and uh, Mackie today, and uh, I want your uh, comments when we play this uh, sound for you when we come back. We're on pace for about 43,000 strikeouts right now, which would be 10,000 more than 10 years ago. It would be 5,000 more than three years ago. It would be 3,000 more than last year. Now, that is unbelievable. 3,000 more than last year? Like over 100 extra strikeouts a week? Wait, what? <laughs> you know, that that's where we are right now. That, that's got to that, – that one makes – no sense, but that's what's happening. And, you know, Joe Sheehan posted this one yesterday, and I was taking a look at it this morning. We've got almost 400 more strikeouts than hits right now. There's never been a month in the history of baseball with more strikeouts than hits, and I, there's almost no hope now that that, that, that will be preserved. Yeah. Three years ago, there were almost 5,000 more hits than strikeouts. That's how this is flipped. I, I think it's a sign that it's never been harder to hit than it is right now. Uh, Mike, uh, back with us. Uh, St. Paul Saints. Uh, what, what is your official title? CEO? What is it? What do we call I, it? You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm a president. <laughs> owner, president. President, owner, president. owner. Okay, I that's don't know. Good. That's the same good. thing it's always been. Hey, is this the 25th <laughs> anniversary season, or are you just calling it the 26th year? Or so? Just the 26th okay. year. Did you know, we you do the anniversary it. last year, or did we? Yeah, yeah we okay. did the anniversary. Okay, we already did it. Weren't well, you, you should, watching? We should do it in the 25th year. I I agree with that. So, what do you think? I mean, this is a problem. Baseball, they're not there's they're not putting the ball in play and the fun is putting the ball in play, right? Well, and there's no question. Look at this. Look at the winner it's been. The Twins have lost 5 games. Yes. Would you want to hit a ball right now? No, no. I mean, <laughs> no. May 20. Here's yeah, that's another issue. First B, uh that's the B issue, but the A issue, what is what can be done about this? I guess nothing, no? I, I, I don't think there's a way out of this one. I look at this and say, boy, it, you know, there's a kind of an ebb and a flow. But like he said, early on, this is, this is an amazing number. Yeah. And it's, it's you know. 
And they, they want them to hit home runs. They tell us that strike. I mean, there's some teams now, Houston and some, that are saying, we don't want our guys striking out 200 times a year. And maybe that'll be a little, maybe the guy who can put the ball in play will be valued again. But, uh, man, when you go to a game and see what uh, Johnny Hyde told me, they're averaging one strikeout per team per inning. So one of every three outs is a strikeout. Dave Kingman would be in his glory <laughs> yeah. right now. I mean, but, it would but, be like but an the, ex- the excitement factor is uh, is something they're going to have to worry about here. Well, do you think there's marketing driving this? Do you think that the agents are behind saying, you know, forget putting the ball on the bat? I don't. I, think I mean, it's the bat the on the ball. I think it's. Uh, I think it's uh, the analytics that are saying, uh, you know, the you know the older oh, we have a three run homer, but. Uh, uh, I I don't I don't know what uh, baseball is. Last night, the Twins started at six ten. The Wolves started at seven ten. Embarrassed the entire state, but they were done about nine twenty. Twins played another twenty twenty five minutes. The Twins started an hour before them and were still playing a half hour after they were done. Because there's nothing enforced. No. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. And the television, the TV break now that, that's gone from 90 seconds to two minutes, and the 20-second rule is never, ever. You know, no. the umpires don't bother with it and stepping out. I, I mean, I think those are fixes that can be that, that can be made. And I don't want the game to necessarily be shortened. I want the time to be shortened, but not the game. I, I hate the start at second base and the yeah, tie that they That's going to happen, though. It's, that's going to happen. Hey, how about the shift? Do you think, I know it would be a dramatic change, but what, I would not be shocked if three years from now you had to have three defenders on each side of second base. You know, the total of your, of your eight uh, you had to have three. Yeah, on, yeah. written in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on one side of the base because these shifts are just incredible. Yeah, and 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 killing another aspect of the game, I think. I mean, it becomes so commonplace. It used to be they were entertaining because you'd watch and say, hey, yeah, that's kind of cool. Ted you know. is bad. Yeah. yeah, but uh, that's going right down the line. But now it's commonplace. Now, you guys don't have that problem in independent ball. Uh, no, we, I mean, you don't have the, the 98-mile-an-hour guy. You might have a couple, but you don't have a yeah, six you, of them. That's right. And if you got a 98-mile-an-hour guy, he's either one gone or not always certain where it's going. So it's, you know. But it's, uh, you know, they got, uh, they got a serious uh, issue with uh, getting the ball in play, and I, I really don't know what to do about it. Uh, what what you mentioned? I, mean, I, I forgot to write it down. You just mentioned something else, and I wanted to get right back to it. I don't know the come on, second. Come on, Julian. What? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, here's the deal. I'm going to go ahead to this. I was reading back to looking up the Minneapolis Armory, right? Okay. Uh, the old Minneapolis Armory, which has been redone. You know, like this guy, uh, uh, Ned Abdul, put in his own money, 20 some million dollars, and has turned the thing into a boxing uh, concert venue, and it's really neat, and it's this old building. But I was looking back to some cards they had in 1952, and there's a big story about how the American League won't let Bill Veck move the St. Louis Browns to Baltimore. The only way they will let him move... Is without is, a vac. Is without a vac. Is if he sells the team to somebody else, 
what the hell was that about? Well, you know, after the after the um, um, victory in Cleveland and setting the 2.6 million yes, people, right. and then buying the hapless Browns, and it wasn't really Eddie Goodell as much as people say, but it was mm-hmm. making the travesty of the game and actually making every decision based on the fans. He finally kept saying, we ought to share revenue. We ought to share. Okay. We ought to have revenue That's sharing. Mm-hmm. And this was the beginning of the end for him with the owners. And they also liked him being in St. Louis because Gussie made a lot of friends by guaranteeing that he would not only run him out of St. Louis, <laughs> but he would break him in the same. It was always interesting to me that, that Gussie. Was this Gussie's old man? Yeah. Yeah, it was a Gussie, not yeah. the Gussie we know, but the Gussie of, of that generation. Yep, yeah. and he and, and he really dedicated himself. He hired <laughs> Harry Carey, brought yeah. him from Greasy yeah. Dick over to Budweiser, mm-hmm. and they pretty much spent a year and a half trying to run the old man out of St. Louis. <laughs> and uh, it, it was, so he draws 2.6 in Cleveland, and they win the World Series. And there were 800,000 women and why? children who weren't counted. So there was really 3-4. So why did he let the Indians go then? It's called um, divorce. Okay. Oh, okay, he got divorced. And, yeah, uh, and, and he uh, needed money. He needed um, money to split up the... Yeah, because so, he had okay. kids already. Well, now, when did he sell the Indians then? He sold the Indians in 49. Okay, uh, and, okay. And then, um, you know, married my mother and started a dude ranch, mm. amazingly, in Arizona, <laughs> and then finally came up with a deal. You know, all those guys who went on to great success with the Orioles really came. Cashin and all those guys came from the Browns. And my old man, going back to what makes the game longer, why does everybody need a song when they get in the batter's mm-hmm. box? Yeah. Are, are we going to pose <laughs> next for that? Maybe we should have a oh, runway. And it's, and it's an issue, by the way. It's an issue. We get a release... Uh, of what the uh, walk-up songs are going to be, they they tweet them out that who's what walk-up song they decided on. But thank God nobody used Old Man River. But you know what? 1952, there had to be a lawsuit in there for him, but he just bothered not to huh? selling he, the team. Yeah, he would never. He he would never. He, he would talk, but he would never sue the game that he loved. He thought mm-hmm. that always that that's what was wrong with it. And, you know, he couldn't resist the pomposity. He loved to step on toes. So oh, yeah. He didn't make any friends. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Julian Epson's here. It is amazing, though, Julian. You see it. They basically they basically have stories saying, well, the American League says they won't let the Browns move to Baltimore unless Vex sells. It's, I mean, it was that blatant. It wasn't even, they weren't even trying to hide the fact. No. And but it, why would a guy like Calvin not be on Vex's side to split uh, revenues? Because the Listen, senators were drawn nobody. I see Calvin in the mm-hmm. airport a year or two course, after. The old I, man was still on the team in '52. Clark, yeah. I get in and see and 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 see Calvin, and he said, "You know, when when your father wrote Vecchis and Rec and called our family stupid, that kind of had something to do with mm-hmm. severing the." But that was years bonds. later, too. That was years later. It was '62. When he wrote it, yeah. When he but, wrote but it, what but I'm not saying, when he said it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the, uh, but in, in 52, the Griffiths should have been on the side of uh, splitting up revenues. But uh, Well, he, in, you know, in the, 52 and 53, I mean, they, they knew that they could choke him out because he was, they knew he was frightfully under finance once again because Bush would just throw money at it, and they were scuffling to get by already. So, you know, in 53, they move, and Baltimore starts in 54. Yeah.
Well, and without uh, Vic, and yeah, <laughs> then who, he tried who to who buy him sell later. It to? Who 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 uh, bought it in Baltimore first? Um, it wasn't the brewery first, was it? Yeah, it was the it was, was the it? um was it the brewery first? Yeah, it was the brewery National Bow. Jerry Hoffberger. Okay. Jerry Hoffberger. Oh, he did. Jerry owned him for years and yeah. had the great years. Yeah, it is amazing what beer meant to baseball, isn't it? When you go back, I mean, people wonder why did Herbie Carneal come here in 1962 from Baltimore to be the announcer? He was the Orioles announcer. They changed beers. And Herbie was identified with the the other beer. So they changed beers. So the, then Herbie came and took a job here. And Ham's Brewery. From based, the land of Scotland. They basically got the twin. They had more to do with getting the twins here than anybody else because they gave Calvin a, ten times the TV and radio money he was making. And they sponsored the White Sox forever. Ham's did. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, they were huge. They were they were a, a dynasty around here. All right, we'll uh, be back with uh, Mike Vack. Uh, and uh, could you play Saint my pa- walk-up music? What is the Saint Paul Saints opening day, sir? May twenty-first. May twenty-first. May twenty-first. You get your open at home. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you about. May March 29th, You open the season, and then the Twins play their first home game in April. Whatever happened to? Whatever happened to looking at where the weather's warm and making up your schedule in, the, in Major League Baseball? You were around it. What? What? Did, what is this? Why? Why is it so difficult? And I, I know they say that these, these teams don't want all those early season games. Well, you don't draw before April twentieth. Any anywhere. So what difference does it make? How many games the Twins lost a series? They lost the last the three Sox. against the White Sox. There right. was a four so, game series they played once. So they've they've lost five four, four home games and then they had I don't think they got rained out on the road. So they've been, they've lost four. Okay, they've lost four. I thought they lost five. Four games and it's it's April twenty fourth. Yeah. I mean it's inconceivable. Well, and, and everybody who played played in front of five thousand people because they were all freezing to death all across the north. It's uh it's stupidity, but shorten the season, or what? or play it in Tampa. Have Tampa at home. How about that? <laughs> All right, we'll be back. in their new ballpark. Yes. Mike Vec is with us, the uh, president of the St. Paul Saints. They open May twenty one. May twenty one, and you o'clock. got your league finally straightened out here a little bit. You don't have. Uh, uh, quite as many Texas teams, right? What right. do you got? What do you got? You got ten now. Yeah, we got ten teams, and you know, and is I'm Wichita the to... farthest south you go then, or? Uh... Well, we got a we got um, a team left in uh, one in, team in, left in Texas. Yeah, and so you know, all of my exes are. But other than that, yeah. I'm looking for that point where it becomes mm-hmm. Omaha. I mean, it becomes Wichita is the furthest mm-hmm. south, and it becomes a bus league. I mean, that's what really makes sense from it. All right, Mike, you came to town in 1993, uh, started the Saints, uh, you know, outdoor baseball, fun on grass, all that. We had two teams playing in the Metrodome, unhappy, three teams playing in the Metrodome. We had gopher football in there, too. Uh, We had uh, the uh, hockey team unhappy out at uh, Met Center. No, we had the hockey team leaving, left down after the end of that season. And we wouldn't build anything in this town. 
Polad went over, uh, Mr. Polad went over to the meet with the legislature about 99, and they ridiculed him to the point he was ready for contraction, right? What has happened to us? We have Target Field. We have the edifice palace of all time, the Taj Mazigi, as I call it. We have a new Gopher football stadium. We have the great your great little ballpark, CHS Field, which is wonderful. We're building a soccer stadium where you can hit with a rock from right here. Uh, we got a $170 million new facility for practice for the Gopher athletes. Why? Do, what happened? How did and you, by the way, beat the odds more than anybody? But what happened? How did we decide sports were this important? I think that there was no question when ESPN came back with that poll, and it came back with it two years in a row that said Target Field is the number one place in the country to watch a ball game, and the XL Center. Mm-hmm. is number three. Uh, yeah. And I think from then on, people just came to this area and looked at at um, how important sports seemed to be. I mean, it, there wasn't a bad seat in the old hockey arena, right? There wasn't, no. a, there wasn't a bad seat, so they knocked that down. Um, but I, I think this is just a great area um, for sports. I mean, look at the, an independent team like, like the Saints when yes. we came here all those years ago and did 90% plus occupancy, and we're sitting around trying to figure out why that happened. And it but, only took you three innings to go to the bathroom. Wow, and that was if we closed the men's room. So. <laughs> All right. If you're a woman. Yes. But I, 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 think, I think people look at this, look at the Super Bowl, this past Super Bowl, yes. and look at the number of mentions and how it reflected on this area. I mean, people can say all they want about how did this happen, or it's a good idea or not a good idea, but nationally, I think it has lifted this market up in the perception across the country. I do think XL Energy Center and having the wild there uh, changed the perception of St. Paul as a city uh, in the mind, certainly of the West suburbanites, but also in the St. Paul itself, I think. Yeah, and I think it, it also did something else was you remember when Norm said he was going to do it? Yeah, and people thought that was the funniest thing they, <laughs> well, they yeah. ever heard. The only thing funnier was you saying you were going to do it, but uh, that's uh, you know the art gallery ballpark, and he said, "Boy, he's gone completely crazy now." But uh, it's uh, it is amazing, it, it, and and it's a real tribute. I think. I mean, this I went to the Taste in the NFL event um, at the River Center, mm-hmm. and and I talked to people from all over the country at that show that Wayne Kostrowski puts on with, yeah. and they were thrilled to be here, and it was thirty below or whatever <laughs> it was. I mean, that's that's really something. Well, not only the facilities, and not only the stadiums, but I just mentioned the Gopher one, but the Timberwolves. Took over a building across the street, basically, and turned it into this big practice complex. And now the now the wild is uh, taken over the top of the Macy's building downtown St. Paul, and given that kind of some juice, it's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, and it, and and it's a recruiting tool. I mean, you look at now TCF, and you have these kind of, I mean, in these kind of facilities just for us. George Sam is coming into his. You know, he's going to win a thousand games. He's 14 mm-hmm. away from a thousand. And, and George couldn't recruit anybody the last few years at Midway. And no. suddenly you come in and you look at practice facilities. I mean, I, when we were driving over here today, 
Chris Wright's running this. I mean, it's it hangs over ninety four. The are, new right? MLS. It's like the world's biggest yeah. <laughs> billboard. I'm yeah. like, it is. Uh, now, George was uh, you. You lost a lot of players last year. You got a bunch of injuries. George is under five hundred last year. Is he on the hot seat? <laughs> is George on the hot seat? George is not on the hot seat. Okay, that's good. He's well, not. We got that taken care of. Uh, we'll be back with uh, Mike Beck. How many, uh, now I don't expect you to have this on your fin- fingertips, but how many independent leagues we have now? Uh, they got three or four of them floating there's around. A, there's one out in uh, West in Co- Coast. California. It's, it's only got four or five teams, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and then the Frontier League, of course, is um, is continuing. I don't know what's going to what's going to happen there. And of course, um, the other one is the Atlantic League, and that's what we were talking about. I know you talked to Guy Eddie once in a while, and and while we are still we still got twelve teams um, in the American Association, Cleburne. I believe Cleburne and the Texas, which were the uh, um, Air Hogs when they were in. That's where Grand Marty Prairie. Scott was for a while, right? That's right. The, uh, Fort Worth uh, team. So, so they're going to put together a Texas team or tied in with the Atlantic League. I don't know how that's yeah. going to work. And we go back to the bus league. Well, that would uh, that would make sense. Now you got a new franchise, right? Who did you get this year? Did you? Or, uh, they got the new Chicago Dogs mm-hmm. franchise in Rosemont. Oh yeah, that's right. And and have you seen that ballpark yet? No, only from um, only from thirty thousand feet. Is a so you go down there and play them and Gary back to back, or was it? Oh, yeah, we opened uh, um, with Gary actually on the road on the eighteenth, and then the Chicago Dogs come up here on the twenty first. But but you have two teams down there now. Yeah, so that's a new, uh, and so you'll end up having. Three teams and right next to the major league teams, right? Kansas right. City, Chicago, and you now. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. And I think it. I think as you know, with Dave St. Peter, the relationship with the with the um, Twins is really good, probably at an all time high. And I think it works great. We build some fans, um, but if you if you come to three Saints games, which you can afford, then you've got to ultimately go see the greatest baseball played. And you know, well, what's town. that deal? Well, you got a ticket deal going with them, or what? Well, we've done a promotion with them every okay. you know year because of the light rail. It's it's pretty cool to be able on one end and take yeah. it. Oh yeah, it's great. See two ball games that way. That's that's uh, it, it. It is great and uh, two two wonderful ballparks. There's no uh, doubt about it. Twins uh, pumped a bunch more money into that ballpark this year. They tried to do something out there in right field. You got to give them credit. They keep putting some money in it. What uh, your ballpark? Last year, the tenants the same, a little higher, a little lower. What what was we your average last year? We were actually about just a little above eight thousand, and um, you know it was one hundred and ten or one hundred fifteen percent occupancy. But it, it's just been unbelievable there, and um, you know twenty five percent, according to the research we look at, don't ever sit down. Yeah. They just wander <laughs> around. What uh, what what problems have occurred that you tried to solve? As far as um, you know, have, have there been any? I mean, uh, concessions. Yeah, we uh, have lines. Yeah, we, we, is we, there not much? You can, you can only put so many carts out there, I suppose. And that if you start putting too many carts out, that just congests everything. So yeah, our, our concessionaire PSD they've done a they've done a great job, but we do have we do have lines, and some of that is um, of our making and flow. You know, crowd flow and things like that. We have to keep 
um, watching, you know, not to put too many cards out, as we're occasionally guilty of. And the left field, you know, the beer dabbler has been unbelievably popular. Yes, I've, I've, I've ran into those crowds a couple of times. Uh, now, uh, here's the deal. Uh, I quit drinking in 1981. Uh, so I have not been in on the beer phenomenon. What, uh, as, an, as an old-timer yourself, who, you know, you basically tied your wagon to beer when you were at the White, White Sox, who did you have most of the time? Well, we had Strohs, and everybody thinks the worst thing that ever happened to me was the disco demolition, but that's not the truth. The day we switched from Strohs, fire brewed, to Schlitz was the worst day of my mm-hmm. career in bad, Chicago. Bad mistake? Terrible mistake. Because? They bought the TV rights, and uh, uh, Budweiser went on strike, and Schlitz started to sell beer before it was ready. And every fire brood, the people wanted you fire brood strows, though. That's exactly right. Every one of them wrote. I got a seven page single space typewritten letter from a lawyer who included all the tickets and said, I've been through disco demolition with you. I've been through the shorts. (laughs) This is the one we're not going to take is you can't sell this beer to us. And uh, (laughs) where was strows? Detroit. Uh, They they were Detroit beer. They were Detroit. Schlitz was Milwaukee. So you're kind of. Right in the back. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta ask you, what do you think of the when you go out to look at your beer wagon or whatever that is out there? How many of these beers can you identify? Do you know what the hell they're selling? No, <laughs> no. But uh, you know what's funny is it's is it Scott Bush and the kids. I mean, my son just came back from Australia where he did fifteen months. Um, selling social media packages for cricket, mm-hmm. and he can. <laughs> if you can do that, you can do anything. Well, he, he can't get this job back with the White Sox, so he must not be able to do mm-hmm. quite everything. But I'm telling you, these kids are—it's unbelievable their knowledge of beer. You know, I mean, I—I I have no idea. How has the Saints' reach out changed since? You know, I mean, it was the old back slapping people at the back out in the parking lot. Now you got to get to them, social media and stuff like that. Do you have a department for that? You got a couple people doing that? Yeah, it's, it's changed. It's changed, uh, you know, dramatically. Jordan Lynn runs our video board and, and Kelly Joe, the graphics, and they come up with packages, um, that go out across social media. And of course, Sean Aronson, who you know is, is just terrific. He's tweeting constantly during the game. So they've engaged, if you will, our customers. And while personally I think it leads to a lot of isolation, there's no question that they've now become much more interactive. And it's so natural to the to the kids. They grew up with these machines. We provided them, and they know instantly. And that's, you know, we had 15,000, 16,000 tweets when we offered that ten grand because nothing would ever happen. Because <laughs> we, we couldn't possibly lose that $10,000. What, what was Derek? that again? What'd you, lose it? What'd you lose it for? You know, because in the in in in, in the uh, Sweet Sixteen, nobody the Sixteenth's never beaten. Oh, up. that's right, that's right. The Couldn't 16th. possibly. I happen. meant to mention that to you. The Sixteenth seed. And, I bought and it just because I know. And Baltimore did it to you. One of your old towns, man. Yeah, UMBC come out and what is this about? I'm like, it's going to cost what? They're going, this This is going to get us mentions everywhere. Well, it did. Unbelievable. We'll be back. So, uh, did you guys uh, see the follow-up on Mr. Beck's promotion of the $10,000 of a 16-seed beat a one-seed? No. 
Uh, if you retweeted, you were in the pool of entries. The guy who won it was a kid named Kurt McKay. It was his third week retweet of his life. <laughs> and he won wow. ten thousand. And what was <laughs> the punchline? Was he just got laid off from his job and he yeah. won ten thousand? He's worked for seventeen years at the same spot and he gets laid off. And I think Sean he thought that would soften the blow to the Saints. Having to, you know, we had to mortgage that beer dabbler just to raise that kind of jink. <laughs> it was and. Uh, Mike was telling me he wasn't monitoring the game to see if the 10,000 might get lost. There was lost. no chance. It, no, UMBC, and you said you're, they were your rivals in college, right? Yeah, well, I went to Loyola, and Baltimore hated UMBC. I knew that was like, this is a promise never kept. Nothing's going to happen with <laughs> no, this one. No, no, no. This is brilliant. <laughs> you know what? We're going to get you a Retriever's jersey back. I think we should get yeah, you one. They were the Retrievers, that's right. And I'd like to amazing, retrieve something. The, the, amazing, the amazing thing about about it is it was a blowout they blew them no up the contest <laughs> one of the greatest chokes in the history of mankind by those pompous uh, peoples from charlottesville so it's unbelievable <laughs> my so, old man would have loved that <laughs> so uh what what uh, what new can we look for uh, well, in mean, a minute we got a minute there. we got we got we got jack morris coming we got the f- 50th anniversary of Mr. Rogers' sweater. We got food fight. I mean, we got stuff you can't miss. All right. And uh, do we have the, uh, does the station down the hall, are they renting the place for the cat videos again next this year? God, I hope so. <laughs> you guys sell the, sell the concessions. Huh? I love Grumpy Cat. <laughs> They'll have 10,000 My Talkers and Rookie. <laughs> A sensitive guy. It's, uh, you got any concerts? Any booked yet or not? Not yet. You're waiting. Okay. Not yet. Get waiting my guy, Nathaniel Ratliff, Rat, Ratliff and the Night Sweats to pack the place. Okay. Nathaniel, Ratliff, and the Night Sweats. Keep that. He's in not mind. joking. It will. It'll pack they will the house. Pack the joint. And well, the replacements did a pretty good job, and they didn't have a fist fight either. No, that? <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty good. All right, Mike. Uh, thanks for coming in. And Thank the season you. starts at home May twenty first. Uh, the St. Paul Saints year number twenty six. Amazing. They only lasted about twenty two longer than I thought they were going to. See you there. <laughs> All right.